Well, I am so honored today to have Pastor Timothy with us, and I think that he's got a word for us, and I'm just so excited that he's here. And like I said, I, I, uh, I trust this man. He's going to tell you a little bit about who he is, but man, he is just an awesome guy, and I love spending time with him. Spend just a minute with him and his wife. You're going to be smiling, and, uh, and you know, man, that, that, that their church is doing great things. So come on, take heart. Would you welcome Pastor Timothy Pender to be with us this morning? Just like a typical band, as soon as they know they got relieved, they take off on you. You got speakers back there? Can they hear me talking about them? That was an awesome song. Awesome song. Before I get into the message, I just, I just have to inform you of a couple of things so we can have, make sure that we have a good understanding one with another. Um, I'm your cousin that you hadn't met yet. And I just want y'all to know, um, there's not too much difference in me and Josh. It's just that I wear glasses and he doesn't. <laughs> I came. I uh, spent 29 years serving our country in the United States Army. <laughs> and do we have any other veterans or soldiers currently serving in here today? Thank you, sir, for your service. Appreciate you greatly. Appreciate you greatly. Appreciate you greatly. Well, um, I was blessed. I was part of a very special government program, which allowed me to get married when I was two years old. And so this year, my wife and I will be celebrating uh, 35 years of marriage. Now, I do understand I look a little bit younger than 37, but, you know, I am 37 years old. I just had to get those things out of, out of the way. The reason I wanted to tell you and remind you that we are cousins and we're related, because if I say something today that makes you angry, you can get angry at a stranger. But when it's family, you just be like, oh, that's just how they are. So I got to make sure that we got that in it, because I don't need my tires slashed or anything like that, okay, if you get upset with me. So um, I am just honored to be here today. And as uh, Pastor Joshua said, I, I, he shouldn't even mention that to me. He's, he told me his name is Josh, but he said some folks are calling Joshua. So now I'm like locked on Joshua. But anyway, I'm not going to mess with him too much. But what I, what I would want to do today is just... Take a moment of your time and um, just talk to you for a minute. Hopefully, um, you get something out of this. Hopefully, you get mad at me. Hopefully, you celebrate with me. I just want to take you through a whole range of emotions in about four hours. Is that okay? <laughs> How about three hours then? Is three hours better? Front row is giving me the look. You better, you better get under an hour, dude, or we're going to have issues. Okay. But we're family, right? We're cousins, so don't, 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 okay, you know, all right, so, okay, oh, man. As Josh said, I came by, I drove by twice. On Tuesday, I came by, and I realized that this was where you guys were located. And then Thursday, 
uh, I was taking care of some business, and I drove by, and I said, you know what, let me go see if he's in. And he was, and like we said, we had a great time together. And he said, hey, man, you've really been on my mind. And um, then he uh, threatened me that if I don't come when he tells me to come, then uh, that's not true. I just, that's why I'm not looking at you, because I'm not telling the truth. <laughs> but he asked me to, told me, I, I really want to have you come to our church, and I have somebody come in. I said, hey, man, whenever we work it out, we work it out. I said, my members already know that when we get invited, that we're going to go. Now, let me tell you why I have this philosophy. Very great man, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. said this. He said, the most segregated time in the United States is Sunday mornings at 11 o'clock. And that just doesn't, to my mind, it just doesn't make sense. If the church is about unity, then how can we be segregated? So I'm just your cousin with a little bit more melatonin in my skin. We all good, right? We good, right? All right. So, all right, where you going? Okay. We have online right here too, right? Hey, y'all, how y'all? Y'all doing okay? Y'all in y'all pajamas, ain't you? Mm -hmm. We ain't going to make fun of y'all. We're just going to go into this word. Before we get into this word, though, I, I have to kind of set up some things. So during this message, whenever I say the phrase, take heart, I need you to say, I will. They want to understand what I just said. Now, I, I need to know something, Josh. I know how folks kind of segregate themselves in churches. So where are all the uh, charismatic folks at? Oh, okay, yours evenly distributed. Okay, I... <laughs> You know, sometimes they sit on one side and then, you know, and then the other folks sit on the other side. I ain't trying to make fun of your denominational backgrounds and upbringing, but, you know, that's how we do. You know, you got all the folks over there that's knocking each other over and running into each other and then the folks over here that ain't moved since the service started. But we're not going to mess with that today. But whenever I say take heart, y'all not catching it. Whenever I say take heart, there must be more charismatics over here. Take heart. Come on, y'all. Take heart. All right. When Josh asked me to come, I am actually doing a series at our churches. Right now, I have it estimated to be a 24-episode series. Y'all laughing. I'm, I'm being honest with you. We're talking about, yeah, see, my wife over there not being encouraging. Yeah, he's serious. <laughs> but what we're talking about, we're talking about the power of oneness at our church. And we're talking about being one team with one mission. Having uh, one team, see, I got the other message going through my mind right now. One team, one mission, help me rock. One vision, one voice, that ain't right. One team, one vision, one mission, one voice. That's right. One team, one vision, one mission, one voice. Okay, sorry about that. I got this message running through my mind right now. So, But that's what we're talking about. And I, and I was going to, and my wife knows me, so she says, are you going to just continue your mission? And my, my mission, my, my message here, because we've gone to some other churches, and, and I just, whatever we were preaching at the time. But God gave me something special for you all. And I'm excited 
because this usually doesn't happen, so I'm kind of not in my comfort zone. If you, if you can believe that, I'm not comfortable right now. I'm really uncomfortable about what we're going to do uh, today, but I want you to just know to take heart. See, y'all not, see, y'all ain't catch, come on now, you gotta be a little, you gotta be on it. When I say take heart, you gotta say, all right, all right. You know what I just realized? That's the name of y'all church. Y'all take heart church. I like him, I'm liking him already. Let's pray. Father, I just ask that you will bless the hearts of your people as we go into this word. Let it fall onto the good soil of their hearts and that they will be edified thereby. And let that word take root and grow up like a mighty oak and that they will live and glorify you in all things. We thank you and honor you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to be going to John. Y'all brought your Bibles, right? Oh, Lord. So the charismatics brought their Bibles. Okay, if you don't have your Bible, please tell me that you have the Take Heart app. Please tell me you have the app. You know there's a Bible on the app, right? Okay, all right, all right. That's just a plug for the system. But we're going to be going to John, the 25th chapter. I mean... Not the 25th chapter. It's not 25 chapters in John. I apologize. John, the 16th chapter. And we're going to start at the 25th verse. And then I'm going to, I'm going to do my Bible reading. And this is, again, this, this is total. I'm, a, I'm an expository preacher, which means I pull out Scripture, and I'll go through the Scripture, and I'll explain to you the Scripture. And, you know, we'll talk about how it pertains to you. But that's not how I'm going to do it today. So, like I said, this is very uncomfortable for me. So if, if I just break down and start crying, just, just, y'all just start praying for me and we'll be okay, okay? All right. I, I'm not going to do that. I just want to make somebody smile. But John, the 16th chapter, the 25th verse, and I'm going to be in the English Standard Version. You can read it in any version that you have, but I like the ESV. And it says, starting at verse number 25, I have said these things to you in figures of speech. The hour is coming when no longer when I will no longer speak to you in figures of speech, but will tell you plainly about the Father. In that day you will ask in my name, and I do not say to you that I will ask the Father on your behalf. For the Father himself loves you, because you have loved me and have believed that I came from God. I came from the Father and have come into the world, and now I'm leaving the world and going to the Father. His disciples said, ah, now you are speaking plainly and not using figurative speech. Now we know that you know all things and do not need anyone to question you. This is why we believe that you came from God. Jesus answered him, do you now believe? Behold, the hour is coming. Indeed, it has come. When you be, will be scattered, each to his own home, and will leave me alone. Yet I am not alone, for the Father is with me. I have said these things to you, that in me you will have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. But I have overcome the world. Messed your heads up, didn't I? Mm-hmm. Y'all was all ready. Ah. 
<laughs> he says, I have said these things to you that in me you will have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. But I have overcome the world. I come to talk to y'all just for a couple hours, I mean a couple minutes. What do you do when you don't know what to do? What do you do when you don't know what to do? What do you do when you don't know what to do? I don't have no money and I still got more month. I thought I was going to get the promotion, but I didn't. What do you do when you don't know what to do? The background to this portion of scripture that we're in Jesus is pre preparing for his transition. They had just had a nice little party. We call it the Last Supper. But Jesus was explaining all this time of everything that was going on. And he was trying to explain it to them to prepare them, but he realized they weren't ready. Now, you're sitting down with someone, and, and they keep telling you things like, uh, one of y'all going to betray me, you know, uh, I'm going somewhere and you can't go with me. How about uh, that you're going to be persecuted and your fellow Jews are not going to want to be around you anymore and there's going to be a time of weeping, a time of grieving. You're going to be scattered all alone. That's not too exciting after having such a good meal, is it? And then he says, if you remember in that 20, the 33rd verse, he says, I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. You just told me all that negative stuff so that I can have that. Does that compute to you? Does that, does that make sense? You just told me all this negative and you say I can want to have peace? Come on now. But what do we do when we don't know what to do? We'll get there in a minute. But he says he wants us to have peace. And some of the things that he said that will give us hope for the peace is he promised them that they will be blessed if, he, if they follow his example. He also promised them that they would have a place in heaven. He told them that if you pray, I'll answer your prayer. But you know what we have a tendency to do? We, we dance on that fact that he said we're going to get ostracized, we're going to get beat down, we're going to have to deal with all this negative. He said that he's going to make them fruitful, but they can't hear it because they're being scattered. 
What do we do when we don't know what to do? A Bible character that everyone is familiar with by the name of David is a good example of what to do when you don't know what to do. And I didn't give them this scripture on purpose because I'm the kind of guy I like to tell you stuff so you go back home and look at it. All right. First Samuel, the 30th chapter, talks about David and them had just come back from participating in a nice battle. They had been very successful. They go back to their house, and their house is, t their town is totally destroyed. All the family members have been taken, everything gone. Not just a few things, everything. They took everybody. These mighty men of David, mighty men, sat there and cried and cried. And the Bible says they cried so long that they couldn't cry no more. Now, I know most of y'all this new generation, but back in the day when I used to get disciplined, I don't know if I can say whippings because we own the, own the live. But when I used to get them whippings, and you got them whippings that were so hard, and then your mom be like, you better quit that crying. And you start crying, you're doing a... <laughs> Sound like you're getting ready to go, on a, go to a seizure or something. They had cried so much. They didn't know what they were going to do. And then what happened? Somebody said, this is all David's fault. Let's stone David. Now David's, all his family's gone too. All his stuff is gone too. He over there crying with you. But you're the leader. So now we're going to blame you. And there's a little bit of scripture in there that says David had to kind of get away from everybody. And it says he encouraged himself in the Lord. He encouraged himself in the Lord. So what do you do when you don't know what to do? You encourage yourself in the Lord. Now, preacher, that sounds all biblical and all churchy and all that. I don't know what. Well, since we're in church, I'll say the heck. Well, hurt the heck you talking about disencouraging myself in the Lord. Well, I think what David did is he kind of sat there and he was sitting there. And he just started thinking about the goodness of God in his life. A lion tried to take my sheep and you gave me victory. A bear came, you gave me victory. God, you've been good, you made me king. You're gonna make me king. I beat up on Goliath. I got a great family. God, you've been good to me. God, you, wait, God, you've been good to me. You've helped me, you've, you've been there. So as he began to encourage himself, he realized, what do I do when I don't know what to do? I seek the face of the Lord. 
I look to the hill. You know David wrote that. From which cometh my help. Because my help cometh from the Lord. So when we don't know what to do, we go back to what we have found success in previously. We encourage ourselves in the Lord. And so as we encourage ourselves in the Lord, we realize that God has everything under control. I know I was only, I didn't even expect to get that one amen, but that's all right. Because we have gotten ourselves in our society to the point that we believe that God should be doing things for us. I don't have no responsibility. God do it. God do it. God do it. But we have a personal responsibility. We have an involvement in this situation. Because let me explain something to you real quick. I'm going to jump down this alley. And if I go too long, sweetheart, make sure you wave at me. God has done everything he's already going to do. I know y'all don't like to hear that. It kind of messes with your head. He just needs us to get in position to receive what he's already done. <laughs> but what we say, I don't feel like moving. I'm just comfortable right here, God. You want me to move half an inch? That's a lot right now, God. I'm just, I'm just good where I am. But he's already done everything he's going to do. See, when Jesus died on the cross, one of the last things he said, he had to make a, cos, uh, a universal declaration. When he said it is finished, what he was saying was that all the debt for sin has been paid for, so sin no longer has power over us, so we have total victory. Okay, that's what that meant. It was a term that was used by accountants to say debt was paid in full. That's what it means, it's to, to stelestai. So it's paid in full, everything's already done. So Jesus has already done his part, but let me ask you something. If I told you I'm gonna give you a million dollars. What's your question? Where? Correct? I say, come to Simpsonville. Well, you know, I ain't got that much gas. <laughs> you know, I got, I got a couple things I need to do first. Um, can, you, can you come here? Y'all see how we do God? God says, I need you to go here. Well, God, you know, I ain't. Mm. Uh, well, mm. Million dollars. Mm -mm. We still cousins, right? Okay. I, just, I, got, I got to do that family check real quick. I can feel the room changing on me. 
When we talk about this John 16.33, in case y'all haven't walked through the halls of your own church, you know it's on the walls of your church, right? Yeah. Okay, if you didn't know, or if you're visiting, I am so sorry, visitors, if I didn't greet you, I do apologize. But Josh got me so excited to get me up here, I just kind of forgot. And I didn't have in my notes to say hello, visitors. But visitors, we just want to welcome you for coming out and hanging out at Take Heart Church. I know you didn't know it was going to be a combined service. I know they missed it. I was just making fun of it. But, you know, I'm so glad that you decided to come out. And I want to tell you that Josh is a wonderful pastor. Oh, I can't believe y'all did that to him. <laughs> I know my voice is not mesmerizing. I know y'all just like, just, Josh, a wonderful pastor. And, and, it, and, his, and his sidekick, his help meet is all right also, ain't she? Yes. I do have to say this, because Josh... Y'all see, see what happened up here earlier when we came up and Josh said that money's specifically for me and then you saw what my wife did, right? <laughs> y'all saw that, right? Let me, let me tell you something. See, see I wasn't going to talk about this, but I'm going to tell y'all now because Josh did that. So, we have our meeting called PAC, right? And our meeting PAC was on this past Thursday. And so Josh and I met on Wednesday so we could do the video that you all saw. And so Josh... Now, y'all just had this series on the marriage experiment, right? Okay. So this is what happens. I say, hey, man, I'll see you tomorrow at PAC. He says, oh, no, man. Bridget wants me to take her out of town. <laughs> I was like, okay. He's like, well, I might come in the morning. Dude, don't come to PAC. Go be with your wife. So because I got hit today, I'm telling on it. But they did go. They did go. He did. He did. He did go. But he didn't, he didn't send us no videos this time. He showed the dinner, right? But he didn't show us, you know, because that's probably stuff y'all ain't need to see. They just having a good time. I'm sorry. I, I, I went down that alley. I am so sorry. Let me get... <sighs> okay. But I've, I've said all this to, to just take probably about eight minutes and 55 more seconds of your time. I said all this to set this up. John 16, 33. Jesus is sitting there and he says, I have said these things to you that in you, that in me, you will have peace. In the world, you will have tribulation. In me, you'll have peace. In the world, you're going to have tribulation. Y'all with me? In me, you'll have, there we go. In the world, you're going to have. So that already tells us that the world and us, if we're Christians, we don't mix too well. But because we're in the world, guess what? We get to have tribulation. It's a benefit of being in the world. Tribulation is a benefit. And then he says, but take heart. I will. 
The word heart in here, or the, the, it's not like he's saying, but take heart. He's telling them. He's like looking them in the face like he getting ready to slap them upside their head. Intensity. Take heart. Take heart. I don't think they was even that excited about it. Because you done said all this negative to us, and now you're telling us to take heart? He says, because I have overcome the world. Can I tell y'all something real quick? I'm going to tell y'all what God put on my heart when I, when I was told to come to y'all. Names have meaning. You know y'all got y'all y'all took on a significant name, right? Y'all have declared that you all are going to be the encouraging church of the Golden Strip. Y'all know what the Golden Strip is, right? There's nothing in China, ain't no drugs or nothing coming in, okay? All right, online folks, no, no, no drugs. This is what they call the area that we live in. Malden Simpsonville area is called the Golden Strip because it's so prosperous and industrious and all that. So it's called the Golden Strip. Now, I ain't been here that long, so, and I know that, so y'all old folks, y'all should be knowing this. But anyway, but that's what you guys have declared. So what is going to happen is you all have to example what you expect. You have to be the encouragement for other people. You have to be the ones who take heart. Be the encourager. Be confident, knowing that in God that you have the peace that is necessary for you to have victory over the situation that you're going through. I think they need a little hand clap. I gotta, I gotta beat y'all up. That's... I know that Charismatics is like, yeah, I'll clap for you, brother. The other folks are like, okay, yeah, let me, I can do it. All right. We have to realize who we are and what we have joined ourselves to. And so sometimes you might be wondering, why does it feel like I'm going through? Why am I, does it feel like because you're a part of Take Heart? And if you're going to be a part of Take Heart, then you're going to go through. Because Take Heart means that I have confidence in what God has told me. And because I have confidence in what God has told me, I'm going to have victory over the situation that I'm in right now. Now, you may not see it, but I know it. I know I'm going to have victory. And that's why he said you're going to have peace. I've never, well, I shouldn't say never. I always tried not to let anyone get me upset. I saw this commercial. And this, and this commercial was about deodorant. And the deodorant says... Never let them see you sweat. I can't remember what the brand was, but they said never, and that just kind of locked in me. Never let anyone see you sweat. Never let anyone push your buttons. Never let anyone have control over you. And so I started locking that in my mind. And then when I got saved, I realized that when you have peace, 
anything crazy happen, you're just like, <laughs> okay. Everybody else bouncing off the walls. You're like, oh, this is kind of crazy, ain't it? That is what Jesus gives you. But you have to take heart. Will you? You have to take heart. And the reason I keep saying take heart, because I want this to become ingrained into yourself, because now it's going to drive you, you're going to be like, that's one like one of those little music worms that get locked into your mind. You keep singing that same. Why I keep singing that same? Because I want you to understand that you have to sometimes do like David and encourage yourself. You look yourself in the mirror. You say, I'm going through this situation, but I'm going to take heart. And you say, I will take heart. Encourage yourself. And as you encourage yourself, you increase your confidence in God and what God can do in your situation. And then you can say, it's going to be all right. I'm going to tell you something about this peace thing, man. Peace will drive folks crazy around you. Because they'll be pushing your buttons. And they'll be kicking at you, and you'll be like, you okay? <laughs> they'll be swinging at you, you'll be like, you all right? They'll say stuff at you that ain't true. But we have to understand who we are. We have to understand whose we are. And we're then we can begin to emulate who he is and what we are. See, I, have, I, have, I, I was just teaching a Bible study, and I had, to, I had this issue. I said, we got onto this kick about I'm, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. And I said, I ain't no sinner saved by grace. I said, I was a sinner saved by grace, now, I'm a son of the king. I said, I ain't back where I was. But see, if, if you're not taught that, you're just going to be like, oh, what was me? Oh, oh, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. Instead of walking in the victory wherewith Christ has made us free. That was another alley. I apologize. I, I just started bouncing down these alleys. But I want, let me, can, can, can y'all give me about three more hours? Oh, I heard it. I heard you, lovely. When the Bible talks about heart, it is talking about your center, who you are. It's talking about your character. Have you ever heard of a saying called, let's get to the heart of the matter. Let's get to the center of the matter. So if you have Christ in your life, guess who should be the center? What you say? My goodness, Eureka. If I'm in Christ, Christ is my center. So when he says, take heart, he's saying, get back centered on who I am and you will have the victory. Ain't that something? <laughs> that's, that's good. Like my friend said, that's good news right there. That's good Bible. So I just come by to tell you, be who you are. I am honored 
to have the opportunity to stand in your sanctuary because I know. I know some stuff that y'all don't know about this location, okay? I know, being a pastor, the things that ran through Josh's mind and how the enemy tried to pull him aside and tell him to give up on this place. I know. But he stayed encouraged. He locked in. He trusted God. And look at here. Now, how many of y'all know that this place used to get talked about? I'm going to tell you. Before y'all took it over, this place, it was like, look at that church, old run-down church over there. Because somebody told me, hey, go look at that run-down church over there on Folk Shoals Road. I think they had church in it, but it's all run down. And then y'all little happy jokers come up in here. <laughs> We're going to change it. We're going to make it different. Yeah. And what was it, what was it Josh? Here to stay. We ain't leaving Malden. We're here to stay, right? Isn't that what y'all said? Take heart. Take heart. You have positioned yourself to be a blessing to the Golden Strip. One more alley, and I promise I'll stop. Thank you, sis. Oh, see. That's another five minutes right there. That was a good, strong one. <laughs> when you do what your church is, it's like dropping a pebble in water. When you drop a pedal, pebble in water, it causes ripples. Right? And we don't know how far them ripples are going to go. We don't know the depth of those ripples. God has called you to this location to be under this great man of God so that you guys can cause a ripple effect in this golden stripped area, but you don't know how far those ripples are going to go. I want y'all to grab hold of that. I think the band should be done eating their lunch. Um, band, can y'all come on out and help me? I, I got to mess with them. I love them. I love band members so much. Another little funny story. So Josh and I finally make a decision. He, he gives me this time to come out. So I, I go on Facebook, and I have this friend request. And I'm like, do I know this person? And I said, hmm. No, I don't know. And the only saving grace is that we had a mutual friend, Josh Trumbull. And guess who that was? Your worship leader. <laughs> I was getting ready to say, delete. And then I said, wait a minute. Oh, that's one of Josh's guys. I know he's good. <laughs> but I want to I I tell you something about this message. I know in this environment when you're around other take heart. See y'all, see? Uh-huh, I got you. Members, that is it's, it's encouraging and it's strengthening when you're around like believers. But when you're out there in the world, 
it can be or seem overwhelming. Would you agree? If you would like, I can pray for you. Just pray a spirit of encouragement over you. And I'm willing to do that. You know why? Because that's what I do. But I do have to ask you something. I need you to come. I don't know how, exactly how y'all do your, your business, but I feel like I'm at home and I feel like y'all family. So because of that, I'm going to ask if you would like for me to agree with you in prayer about being encouraged. I'm going to ask for you to come on up here while the band plays whatever they're going to play. And I'm going to pray over everyone that comes up.